0: Welcome back to SEC Football Unfiltered, our podcast from the USA Today Network. I'm Blake Topmeyer alongside John Adams. We're going to be discussing and debating today the future format of the SEC once uh, Texas and Oklahoma join, doing a little draft of divisions, how John and I would uh, create our ultimate Divisions, but first, John, and in, in the spirit of uh, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban exchanging barbs, I was wondering if there's any grievances you wanted to air about me. Of course, Jimbo referred to Saban as a narcissistic false god. It seemed very pent up from Jimbo, and I want to make sure we don't run into anything like that here. So, is there anything you need to get off your chest?
1: Yeah, probably a couple of things. I have a lot of confidence in your ability. And I've noticed sometimes you questioning yourself Mm -hmm. and I have a real problem with that. I mean, if you think something's right, then have enough confidence to say, well, of course I'm right. Well, why would I doubt myself?
0: I I think I'm still haunted by thinking Missouri was going to be good last year, John. I just can't get over that.
1: That's Missouri's fault, not yours. You, You have to be careful in how you assess blame. The other thing are, is, are your comments uh, frequently about my 20-year-old Honda Accord that's sitting in the driveway? Well, not in the driveway. It's uh, on the side of the driveway in higher grass, and uh, it's not on block, so it cranks up. I, I had a friend came by and said, hey, go up, go out and start that thing up. See what you think. Kind of a car guy, and he, he started it up right away. He said, running pretty good. So I, I think you're making light of that. And I don't think you realize how important the car is to me. In fact, now I'm going to a 20 years. Somebody told me you can apply for vintage status. Ooh. So I could be going a different route here. And what I'm thinking is when I retire and I don't want a car note, I sell the Kia that's in the, in the driveway, get that, uh, Honda Accord, get a couple of good mechanics working on that thing, invest in a little repairs, uh, engine, transmission, maybe have a little detail work done, mm-hmm. and then I'm off and rolling. In a vintage ride. In a vintage ride, yeah.
0: Speaking of vintage, the uh, the idea of divisions in SEC football is about to become a, a, a vintage idea, it seems, according to a report This week from Sports Illustrated's Ross Dellinger, Uh, the SEC is trending away from divisions and and likely, at least according to to Dellinger's report, it is going to go with a no-division format once Texas and Oklahoma join the league, which is set to happen by 2025 at the latest. Now, um, not finalized yet, but... If the SEC does this, it would become the latest conference to move away from divisions. We're seeing the Pac-12 ditch divisions this year. The ACC has said they'd like to dump divisions by 2023. And part of this is the NCAA has long had a rule on the books that if you wanted to have a conference championship, you had to have divisions. Well, that rule has been dumped this offseason, so you no longer have to have divisions to play a conference championship. And of course, the SEC was a trendsetter with divisions uh, under former commissioner Harvey Schiller. He was sort of the brain, the one with uh, this idea. It was his brainchild, and and allowed the SEC to have a conference championship. What did What do you think of the division format, John? Do you have you? I mean, you covered the league back before divisions. You've covered the league since it went to two divisions when Arkansas and South Carolina joined, and then grew. In its current state with Missouri and AM. Did you like the division format or, or no?
1: Initially, I did. And you go back to the 90s and you had uh, still had Alabama on top under Gene Stallings, though not with the same dominance, maybe. And that was in the early 90s. But when it started out in 92, divisional play, Auburn was pretty good. LSU got good eventually. Uh, So I I thought it was because you had Tennessee and Florida battling out, Georgia was was down, and I thought those championship games were dramatic. I remember the first one covering in Birmingham, uh, Florida, um, you know, Alabama. Those games were great. However, as the thing as it's developed uh, or evolved, you would say um, it's the West has gotten too much better than the East. Now I thought that could be resolved with the addition of AM, I mean sorry, Texas and Oklahoma. You put, you know, you put them, of course, they're going to be in the West, but then you move, you move Alabama and, and Auburn, I guess, to the to the east. And I thought then, okay, you have got good ballots. So I would I was fine with that. You mentioned that. SEC has kind of been a trendsetter in some things. I don't know why I would be following the lead of the Pac-12 and the and possibly the uh, you know ACC seemingly wanted seemingly wanting to head in the same direction. I, I I guess it if you get the two best teams in the in the same in the championship game, you've accomplished something maybe. But I've gotten kind of used to the divisional, and I, I was really interested to see how divisionals would play out in revised divisions. So I'm a little disappointed at that.
0: And I wonder, had the 12-team playoff been approved this offseason and and been installed sooner, whether the SEC would have been more willing to do divisions. Because I think, you know, you mentioned trying to get the two best teams in the SEC championship. I think that's especially important. It's more important in a four-team playoff, I think. And you don't want your two best teams in the same division, particularly as you try to get two of those four playoff spots. However, if it was an expanded playoff, you know, in many years, the SEC is probably going to get three, four, five teams in the playoff anyway, so I don't know if it would have been as important. So, you know, Greg Sankey has said the SEC is fine with with a four-team playoff. It works for them, and and truthfully, it does. They've produced the last three champions from, from three different schools. Uh, but, you know, I think it does maybe, um, up the importance of not having two teams in the same division. And the way you avoid that is, uh, you have no divisions and maybe you have a rivalry opponent. Maybe you have a couple rivalry opponents every year. Um, but overall the standings are one through 16 and, and you hope in that format, um, you get the two best teams in the SEC championship.
1: The thing is with that, though, as we've seen under the current setup, I mean, last year was Alabama and Georgia playing for the national championship. Same thing in 2017. You cannot qualify for the championship game and still get in college football playoff. And here's the thing. If you go to non-divisional setup, the top two teams play for the championship. Well, what about that third team? I mean, what if they all have one loss, the top two, They'll have a tiebreaker, of course. The top two slug it out in the championship game. Well, what about that third team sitting there with one loss? See, you still could slip in there. So the the fact is, there's no way getting around this. The SEC is the best conference, and it's going to probably most years, if there's going to be any league, no matter what the format is, it will end up with the most teams in the playoffs.
0: Well, we're not going to move on so quickly from divisions. We're, we're holding out hope, and uh, John and I are going to have a little division draft here, snake draft style, so whoever gets the first pick, then the other person will get picks two and three and, and so forth, and we're each going to try to draft the strongest division possible. So we'll each have eight teams in our divisions, because this is with taking Oklahoma and Texas into consideration after the SEC is a 16-team league. So, John, give you the first pick here. Vanderbilt's there for the taking. If you want them, first pick in our division draft in your division. Who you taking number one overall
1: here? Nashville, a growing town, hot city. Clark Lee. I'm not going to pick Vanderbilt. I'm going to surprise you probably with my pick. I'm going to pick Texas A&M. You going A&M number one? I'm going A&M. going a and M. i am all in on this NIL deal, as the Aggies are. Whoa, money- whoa,
0: whoa, 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 John. Aggies aren't buying recruits. Haven't you listened to Jimbo? They're not buying anybody.
1: The NIL's
0: got nothing to do with this number one ranked recruiting class.
1: Blake, can you remember the last time I believed a college football coach? That would be never. Okay. So, yeah, I'll go in and... Jimbo's a good a good coach. He won a national title at Florida State back in I guess it was 2013. The Aggies are getting players just by masterful recruiting and running a pristine program according to Jimbo. And the Aggie fans are desperate for a winner. They want a championship. They hadn't had one. Heck, I wasn't even covering the league the last time. Texas A&M had one in the Southwest Conference. Here's the other thing. If Jimbo doesn't get it done, in a year or two, they're going to fire Jimbo and pay him how many millions it has to and hire Urban Meyer. They want to win a championship, and they're going to get one. So I'm convinced of that. So I'll, I'll take A&M. You know, this is kind of an aside,
0: John, but Jimbo's record through four seasons, through 48 games at Texas A&M, it's respectable. He, he's been solid. He's 34-14. and 14. Kevin Sumlin's record through forty-eight games at Texas AM, thirty-four and fourteen. He has an identical record to Kevin Sumlin at this point in his tenure. And I think, you know, we view Jimbo differently because of that national championship that he won at Florida State, A. But B, you know, signing the number one ranked signing class always does wonders, I I think, for you, particularly in the offseason when it's all hyperbole and um and, and projections to the upcoming season, but it just it seems like Jimbo's really got some momentum going there in College Station. and I think to a certain degree he does, but when you look at the on-field results, it's very Kevin Sumlin like to this. Uh, point. That's
1: a that's a great point. But you're exactly right. Though I look at if Jimbo Fisher didn't win a national title at Florida State, I wouldn't view him the same way. I, I would look at him as he's a good coach, but he's probably overpaid. As most of them are, but I, I just wouldn't think of him as a guy capable of winning a championship at A and M. But he did it at Florida State, so I give him credit for that. and I think a lot of you're right; a lot of people do.
0: All right, so you left a uh, by taking A and M. You left Vanderbilt out there for me, but sure I'm going to and Missouri and Missouri. I'm, I'm going to leave them there for the taking for you. I don't want to take all the good teams here early and and spoil this. So I've got the next two picks since you had the number one overall. And I'm going to take the obvious one right in front of me. I'm I'm taking Alabama. Don't know how long Nick Saban's coaching, but if we would have viewed it through last week's airing of grievances, sounded like a guy that was ready to quit by the end of the week. But uh, I think he's going to regroup here and and pull himself together and realize that the sky is not falling and Alabama is is going to um, still be an elite program, maybe the elite program, uh, even though athletes now can get NIL deals and perhaps even on the recruiting trail can get NIL deals. So I'm, I'm going to take Alabama with my top pick. I'd, I'd feel even better about that if I knew Saban was going to coach at least another five years. But nonetheless, I'm going Alabama. And then, ooh, so this is tough because I had anticipated you would take maybe Alabama or LSU, John. I was trying mm-hmm. to predict who you were going to take. I did not have you pegged for A&M. You know what? I'm going to go with LSU next. My theory, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, if Les Miles can win a national championship at LSU, if Ed Ogeron can win a national championship at LSU, no offense against our guy Ed there, shirtless Ed, but if they can win national titles, I'm thinking that's a great job. Uh, A coach like Brian Kelly, as long as he figures out how to win a big game, Maybe it's easier said than done. He might be, (laughs) he might be able to win a (laughs) a, win a couple. I just think it's a great recruiting base. They're the only Power Five school in their state. Um, You can only say that about a couple SEC schools about being the lone Power Five in their own state. And and Louisiana's fertile with with recruits. You got New Orleans, you got Baton Rouge, you got Houston's. You know, major metro, not that far away as well. So I think with with the brand recognition, uh, the recruiting base the passion for LSU in that state, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Tigers. So I've got, I've got Alabama and LSU on, in my division.
1: Well, those are, those are both strong picks. And I, obviously my first thought was to Alabama, but teams, uh, Oklahoma and, uh, Texas don't join this league until 2025. So that's what we're pointing toward. I don't know how much longer than that Nick Saban would coach. So you're so thinking, that was, yeah, yes. by
0: 2025, you're not counting on Saban. Maybe he's still coaching by 2025, but maybe not, not 26.
1: Much yeah, yeah. So that's a close call. I mean, he may coach longer than I'm alive. I mean, he could coach a long, long time. It, it he has certainly isn't letting up. My also then I thought about LSU. Um, however, I just don't know that LSU can match. NIL money with those schools, Texas and Texas A&M, or even Oklahoma. Uh, I grew up in Louisiana. We always kind of looked across the border at Texas. I used to visit there, had friends in Houston when I was a kid, used to go there a lot. Texas was just bigger and more affluent than Louisiana. Now, you're right. LSU has a great recruiting base, and uh, I don't see Tulane joining a Power Five conference anytime soon. There's a strong case to be made for that. Uh, and you're certainly right about Brian Kelly. In the fact, Orgeron and Miles winning national championships, Brian Kelly's got to think, well, I could stand on my head, eat grass, take my shirt off, and still out-coach those guys. We're bound to win a national title. Yeah, you're, you're thinking new school here,
0: John. Yes. I'm, I'm thinking old school, so I'm not sure which is the right line of thinking.
1: For my second pick, got two picks here. I'm going with Oklahoma. Oklahoma's tradition is just too good to ignore. I don't care who's in its conference, or and I and I don't think when I think of the riches of Texas and the recruiting base of Texas and how important high school football is in Texas, I apply the same standards to Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is really North Texas. I mean, Norman's not that far from Dallas. So uh, I just believe in the Sooners. They, they've they always recruited great players, no matter what the rules are. I think they had some pretty NIL deals going before there was an NIL. Uh, so I like Oklahoma. And then... And
0: if I could stop you here
1: for a yeah, second, John, uh-huh. before your next pick. Okay. I'll
0: remind you that back in December when we were grading coaching hires... Uh-huh you couldn't keep straight whether Oklahoma's new coach was named Brett Venables or Brent Venables. (laughs) So are you comfortable with your number two pick, not even knowing the first name of their coach?
1: And you know, I still, if if right now you said, okay, what's the guy's name? I would say, eh, I'll go with Brent. You got it. Well, but I wasn't sure. Okay. I wouldn't have put any money on it. Um, yeah, I, I you got me on that one. But Oklahoma's just, uh, I, I just go with its tradition. And it has hired a couple of questionable coaches. But for the most part, it's done well. So I'll go with Brett slash Brent Venables. And here's the other thing. Just like I said with uh, A&M, if he's not getting it done, going into this league, Oklahoma's not coming into this league with a weak coach boom, then it hires Urban Meyer. Okay? There you go.
0: Urban Meyer, the answer to Urban all your Meyer, problems. Well,
1: he's guaranteed. He, he's a guaranteed champion, whether you like him or not. And I don't think you're a big fan of him personally. But, oh, I uh, think the world of Urban. Oh, I'm sorry. I misread you. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, I've got one more pick. This is the toughest one I've had. But I'm going to apply the same... Reasoning that I did the first two picks to this one, and I'm picking Texas. As bad as Texas has been, and it's been incredibly bad. It's made horrible coaching hires. It's just been awful. But it's all in on this NIL stuff. Do I believe in Steve Sarkeesian? (laughs) Not for a second. But Urban Meyer's out there for Texas, too. Here, Here are my two prime prime reasonings uh that that create these decisions uh nil money one all the schools i mentioned have it and two desperation who should be more desperate than texas as long as it's as it's been down i mean it played for a championship i guess it was a 2011 won a title in 2005 and just got steamrolled by alabama in its other championship venture under mac brown so Got to be desperate. Don't want a and m to run away with the state. Don't like Oklahoma either. Com- competition. Steve Sarkeesian. You better turn it around fast. Okay, we we're, we're buying these players. I'm, I'm sorry. We're recruiting these players really hard. Put a lot of energy into it. You better deliver, or, or you're out of here. You can go back and be a work for Nick Saban on the as a quality control coach. So that's there. I go two the a and M, Oklahoma, and Texas, and you've got Alabama and LSU.
0: Were you a big fan of the Big Twelve in its glory days, John? I mean, you, I, I'm starting to feel like Missouri is going to be your next pick. You got A and M, Oklahoma, and Texas here. No traditional SEC teams, just a Big Twelve guy at heart.
1: Not at all, but I was a Southwest Conference guy. Again, growing up in Louisiana, and that was just the other conference. I was an SEC guy. You grow up with it. But the Southwest Conference was like that other conference. Mm -hmm. So I kind of embraced it too. And again, a a Louisiana kid looking up and, man, Texas has got got the beach. It's got desert. It's got mountains. It's got big cities. I don't know. And 10-gallon hats. I don't know if we can match this little Louisiana. How do you think you'd look in a ten-gallon hat? You ever thrown one on? Yeah, I, I look absolutely horrible. <laughs>
0: Doesn't everybody though? <laughs>
1: no, I think you need a real chubby-like face, and it works better. You got to have a a little bit of hair growth, and you just gotta not say a whole lot. But it would help if you're carrying a carrying a firearm on your side. A Couple of maybe, six shooters. Yeah, maybe a. Maybe a big knife somewhere on your person too. All right. I got the next two
0: here and and things are working out great for me. Your (laughs) love and reassembling the old big 12 has left some, (laughs) some good teams there for the taking for me. So I'm going to take the defending national champions in Georgia. A lot of the similar reasons uh, I took LSU. I think Georgia just enjoys a great situation in its state. It's not the lone Power Five in its state, the way LSU is, but in some regards, it might as well be. And and I mean, Georgia's it's got so many four and five star recruits right in its fingertips, at its fingertips there in the uh, the Atlanta metro area. And I think Kirby Smart has shown just in in a handful of years here how that program was was ready to go from being a consistently very good program. Uh, to the elite and and Kirby's you know Kirby's at an age that he he may coach another 15 20 years you know he's he's not uh he's not approaching retirement anytime soon unless he's one of these guys that just gets gets the burnout that we hear about in college football now but, you know Kirby's 46 he, he can have another 20 years in him so and and where else is he going to go you know he's at his uh he's at his alma mater there so no reason to to go anywhere else. And he's, he's shown that he can win one and maybe he'll actually, uh, you know, get a first round NFL quarterback in there one day and, uh, and pull away from the pack even more. So I I think uh, George is sitting there for the obvious taking for me. And then the next pick, I'm going to go Florida. And I'm, I waffled a little bit on this one because you've made the point, I believe before on this podcast, you know, it's really two coaches that have succeeded at, at a high level at Florida. It's Steve Spurrier and, and Urban Meyer. And if you take them out of the mix, Florida doesn't look so good. But once again, Florida's got a good recruiting base. More and more people are moving to Florida all the time. You know, I think with Billy Napier there, I, I think there's a chance for a, a brighter future. He seems to be hiring anyone and everyone. And, uh, you know, there's no limit on your, your staff size. I think. We might be heading into a future where there's even fewer limits. So Napier would just hire everybody; there won't be any assistant coaches left for anyone else, uh, which would be a, a big advantage. Both plus, you know, he's going to be bussing those guys to practice now, John. We mentioned how big that could be. No longer have to walk to practice at at Florida. That could be a total, total game changer. And I know that we're not supposed to, you know, when we were talking before the show about this, we weren't necessarily keeping rivalries in mind. We were really just going to create the best divisions possible but the opportunity to throw Florida in there with with Georgia and keep that cocktail party going I can't resist that I kind of like that so I'm going I'm going Florida so I got Alabama LSU Georgia and Florida so far up to you are you continuing with your your big 12 pursuit
1: well when you look at my picks and look at yours you would never guess that I've been covering this league for 80 years and and I'm at heart a traditionalist and uh, thank very much the SEC, but again, I'm trying to trying to look to the future. I'm not trying not to be hung up on what's happened in the past. This is a brave new world. Uh, as an aside, you interviewed Billy Napier. Had an in depth interview. Did a really good profile of him uh, this past offseason. I just uh, has he offered you a job? He's offered a lot of people a lot of jobs
0: strangely he hasn't and the only thing i could think of is maybe like during the job change he lost my phone number um yeah i i'm really kind of surprised or maybe he just thinks you know with the success of this podcast and then what you know i'm doing in in the written word maybe he just thinks i'm i'm priced out of his you know his ability to snag which if billy napier's listening i'm not priced out I, i think he could probably make a run at me and perhaps get me so i'm, I'm always well, willing to listen to billy napier's offers if he's looking or, or any college coach out there if they're looking to add to their staff i'll take your phone call unlike jimbo i take calls and if i don't take them i try to return them jimbo's not interested in taking any phone calls and he's not returning them either not
1: nick saban's call no well i i have a selfish interest in that because one thing that he does napier has done at florida at least is Not only does he create new jobs, he then creates a job for that new job person's assistant. So I'm thinking maybe if you get hired, well, there'd be an opening for assistant and your old podcast buddy might slip in there too. So we'll see what happens. Rolling into Gainesville in a vintage Honda. I, I I would really like to see you give somebody down there a call. He's probably got a head phone call answerer and an assistant phone call answer. I would get those names on the staff director and give one of them a call and shout out and say, hey, big fan of Billy Napier. And I just picked him in my top four. That I did. Okay, well, people would look at this and just say your division is way stronger than mine, but they're looking to the past.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I'm looking to the future. So. My fourth pick will be Tennessee. Again, two qualities I'm looking for. NIL money and desperate fans. Tennessee has both. Maybe not to a Texas degree, but the Vols are tired of being, they're tired of being mediocre. Their fans are. And then a lot of their fans have plenty of money, and they're willing to invest it in that program, and they'll invest it in Josh Heupel, who I think is a really good offensive coach. He doesn't have to worry so much about recruiting now. The NILs do it for him. So I'll go toe-to-toe with your four teams. All right. I'm not I'm not afraid of that. I don't care what other people think. Never I, have, I'm, have you? No, I don't. I still don't. And, and I just, again, this is 2025. It's not tomorrow. So now for my fifth pick. You're right. Missouri's still out there. Mm-hmm. Clark Lee and Vanderbilt. Do you think Clark Lee will be the coach at Vanderbilt in 2025? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably be a more... coach at 2035.
0: Yeah, they're focused on their women's bowling
1: team. I mean, oh, it's a... Man, I don't know. Do Oklahoma and Texas have bowling teams? I don't know. Hey, Oklahoma seems like it'd be a good bowling state. It really does. It's... <laughs> no. Uh, I'm to say something, but better say for other days. Uh but I think if our if Oklahoma and Texas invested in bowling, I mean, do you think Vanderbilt would still be dominant in that sport, which apparently has no other SEC members?
0: Oh, I think so. I, I don't think Vanderbilt's bowling dominance is a lack of competition. I, I just think they do a really good job oiling the lanes and uh getting getting some women who can launch that ball down him. Yeah, they got good. They got good facilities. You ever been to the alley that they they play at there, in Vanderbilt?
1: No, but I've been to their press box at Vanderbilt Stadium. That's not a good facility. Now, you okay, got one I more got, pick. Yeah, is, I do. It, it I guess this. I'm stalling. That's what this is because I'm okay. not sure. I needed some time to think about it. I'm going to pick Auburn. Uh, Auburn will probably fire Brian Harsin at the end of his second year, which will be in 2022, and again. I don't know how much money Auburn has, but it paid it paid Gus on 21 million or so to leave. And I know its fans are desperate. They're desperate when they don't beat Alabama, when they don't win a national title. So they won one in 2010. They played for one in 2013. So I'm going with Auburn. bit of a resurgence under their new coach who, dare I drop his name again? Would Auburn hire Urban Meyer after it fires Brian Hartson? Why well, not? Gonna be,
0: it's gonna be hard for Urban because he's already coaching at Texas AM and Oklahoma and Texas. <laughs> a few of Billy Napier's interns there, if he's gonna be able to coach four to schools at the same time.
1: <laughs> what Urban might do, he says, I'll coach two of those schools, but no more. Just two of them. That way he has a better chance of winning a title if he's coaching two schools. He'll have a he'll have a passel of assistance to would have various titles. and
0: I'm just worried about Urban's health if he's coaching two schools. He's always had a hard time staying healthy coaching one school.
1: Be a lot of time away from his family. Where would his family be? Just sort of a midpoint between the two schools? Say between Auburn, Auburn Alabama and Norman, Oklahoma, whatever the midpoint would be, there you'd find Urban's family.
0: I feel like somewhere in between Auburn and Oklahoma, you're going to find Arkansas. Which is my next pick, and you love
1: you love the hogs. Yeah,
0: I, I knew I knew that was coming. And, uh-huh. and you're probably surprised I let him slide to my fifth pick here. Uh, you know, Sam Pittman's got that majestic hog statue out on the edge of his property, overlooking the the lake there. I just I just love that. But uh, for some reason, I like those schools. It matters more, I think, with LSU. But those schools where you're the only power five in your own state, I think there's such potential there. Um, now, Arkansas doesn't have the same recruiting base as what Louisiana does, but I think they're a good value pick, having fallen this far. And I think Arkansas, you know, maybe has been held back at least in the last decade plus, really, by the fact that the West has been the more dominant division. And so, you know, we're we're realigning the power here. You snagged Auburn out of the old SEC West and so they don't have to worry about them anymore at the very least Uh, although you left Alabama and LSU there for the taking for me so (laughs) I guess they didn't get to escape them but
1: uh. Uh, excuse me Blake but since you're big on on schools that don't have another power five school in their state Mm -hmm. uh, would you kind of like to coax Nebraska into the SEC so you could pick them for your division they don't have Mm -hmm. a creighton doesn't compete with them
0: yeah and missouri is the only power five school in its state but i want to leave them there for you since you've become so enamored with the the whole big Big, 12 so i'm gonna leave missouri for the taking and i'm gonna take ole miss uh i'd like to know where lane kiffin's going to be in 2025 but i mean how how could you know where lane's going to be in in 2025 but uh you know I think we're we've seen now multiple coaches you know even in in the last decade have success at at all miss you know who Hugh, Hugh freeze before Houston nutt who we talked about on this podcast last week blew the lid off of uh everything Hugh freeze had going there which we don't have time to get into everything Hugh freeze had going there but you know that's before a all that, that's
1: a series not a not a podcast that's right a yeah, four part uh, mini series yeah
0: yeah before Houston, not had to go and get in the way, Hugh Freeze had it had it rolling there at, at Ole Miss, and then um, you know after they threw Matt Luke overboard, they bring in Lane, and all it took was a couple years for Lane to get them to the Sugar Bowl. So I think it's been shown that you can have success at Ole Miss, and we're we're getting down into the sort of the dollar days here of our draft, and I think that's another another value pick. I feel strongly in.
1: Okay, so we're down to value picks now. <laughs> uh, I'm looking over the my list here, and see any value left? <laughs> well, uh, I think I'm going with South Carolina. How in the world could could South Carolina acquire Spencer Rattler as a transfer? That to me, one word comes to mind: hope. That gives that fan base hope, and it gives me hope that South Carolina is about to become a different program. Is Shane Beamer the guy? Maybe, maybe not. But think about this. As you've noticed from our previous picks, I'm not opposed to bringing a coach out of retirement, off the firing line. Who was the greatest coach in South Carolina history? wasn't Urban Meyer. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Will Muschamp either. So I'm going to pick South Carolina, and if Shane doesn't get it done, you bring back the old ball coach. Uh, Steve Spurrier, won big there, went, took the team to the SEC championship game, didn't fare well against Auburn and Cam Newton, but nonetheless made it there. I don't know how many times Ole Miss has been in the championship game. Well, actually, I do, but you you can think about that. So I'll pick South Carolina.
0: Did you see what Spurrier said, I- I- inserting himself into this Saban and Jimbo Fisher feud. I thought this was was fantastic. He, he wasn't going to let that that slide and uh, talked to to I believe it was Dog Nation, uh, our good friend uh, Mike Griffith, Griff. catching up with uh, with Spurrier to to get some insights into this feud and and uh, yeah, Spurrier, you know, the king of the the off season clips quips said. Uh, of Jimbo Fisher, he said he hasn't beat much of anybody, but he beat Sabin last year. But they haven't won the division or anything since he's been there. So I thought that was a, a nice little little needle by uh, by Spurrier, just reminding everyone that yeah, Jimbo might have this number one ranked recruiting class. How much NIL had to do with it depends on whether you ask Sabin or Jimbo. But Jimbo hasn't, you know, he hasn't won the division since he's been in the SEC. He hasn't won a division period since. 2014
1: which spurrier was quick to remind us all steve spurrier has a tremendous memory I, I i can remember being in his, in his office at florida he, he looks up, up at a photo framed photo on the wall and calls the play that led to that photo and he also remembers that florida state used to be his number one rival and it was a bitter rivalry when he went head to head with florida state back in the day when he was at florida Florida state probably cost him a national championship or so. So, uh, Jimbo was at Florida state later on. And I just think that factored into it. He's probably thinking now, who should I needle here? Mm-hmm. And he picked Jimbo. I mean, he could have gone the other way and needle Saban. He's not oh, sure. He, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't put Nick Saban on a pedestal.
0: Last pick here, John. You got South Carolina. Who are you taking with that uh, final pick? Your options are, let's see here, Kentucky. Oh, no, you, you got two picks left, but last pick of this, this cycle. You got, you got Kentucky there still for the taking, Missouri, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt.
1: You think Mark Stoops will still be there in, in 25? I think he probably will. He's had a couple of 10-win seasons, so I'll pick Kentucky.
0: You know, and you know Kentucky—they're going to schedule at least five wins going into every every season if they can. They you don't know, find a weaker schedule year after year than Kentucky. Although Tennessee's trying—they're trying to cancel anybody with a pulse in their non-conference schedule here.
1: Yeah, Tennessee's trying to—it's probably trying to buy its way out its way of uh, of some conference games if it if the commissioner will go for that. But uh, so I'll go with Kentucky. It's it's. It's how many division win- a winning titles? program now. Huh?
0: How, many, how many division titles Kentucky football have in the division
1: era? Gosh, let me let me think back. Which, God, I remember covering them in the championship game. Okay, uh, your yeah. pick. All your right. Pick. Well, we
0: are getting getting down to the, the bottom. I want to leave Vanderbilt for you, John. I know how much you think of the doors. So that's going to influence my, my choice here. I will take uh, – my two picks, this, and this fills out my division. I'm taking Missouri and Mississippi State. I mean, Missouri's already won a division twice and they've you know, in their short time in the league. Now I know that was back when Gary Pinkle was the coach and it's it's been more famine than feast for Missouri lately, but hey, they've already got uh, they already got two more division titles than your last pick. So and Mississippi State's got a division crown back in the back in the nineties. So yeah, there we go. I'm rounding it out with Missouri and Mississippi State, which leaves Vanderbilt for you.
1: Yeah, have you looked at Missouri's stadium lately? I looked at it for four years when four I four years covered you probably them. Re- I don't think state of the art comes to mind, does it?
0: No, and the cuisine in the press box, which we probably shouldn't be using to oh influence our gosh. rankings, but that's oh, uh,
1: those burgers. <laughs> is, is that what those were? I know that our colleague Mike Wilson ate a couple of them, and I actually, as he was munching on the second, considered calling nine one one. Yeah, it had like a grayish, purplish hue to them. Yeah, it was worst
0: food in the SEC
1: by a wide margin in the press box. Well, going back to my my premise of nil and desperation, I don't even sense a great desperation with Missouri fans. I think they're just okay to. Yeah, we'll go to bowl game maybe and lose to Army, but um, so I don't see a great future, in Missouri. I don't see Missouri fans investing a lot in NIL, so um, when, I, when I you, feel better with Kentucky. Great, yeah, do you see a great future in Vanderbilt football? Because that was my other option. You'd already taken Kentucky. Does will Vanderbilt have the names on its back on the back of its jerseys this year? Do you know? A, Anything about that? I don't know. They seem
0: to yeah. have moved on past that, which is more new age thinking, which is what you were looking for in building your division. So I think it's only fair that I saved them for you.
1: Yeah. Well, that to me is more kind of uh witness protection thinking. We, we want to keep our We don't want anybody recognizing our guys. Okay. All right. You're one
0: through eight here, John, to review. Mm. Yeah, mm. Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Texas, Tennessee, Auburn, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. I have Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Missouri, and Mississippi State. And I know rivalries weren't really factoring into our thoughts here, and, and we have disrupted the Iron Bowl. But we preserved some pretty good rivalries here. You preserved Oklahoma, Texas. You got Texas and Texas A&M there playing playing every year. Uh, on my side of the things, I still got the the Egg Bowl, which I enjoy by snagging Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I've got Alabama LSU, and I've got the cocktail party in uh, in Georgia, Florida. So even though that wasn't a an overarching goal, we were just trying to build the best divisions, I think we have some pretty good annual rivalry matchups in the way we've drafted our divisions here.
1: Yeah, and you didn't even mention uh, Tennessee versus Vanderbilt. In state rivalry? How could I have forgotten that? If you polled our listeners, thousands and thousands of listeners, who would side with me and who would side with you? I would say maybe four percent with me when they looked at my
0: The four percent of our listeners who are fans of a team that came from the Big Twelve or the Southwest Conference probably would side from you with you. Transplanted Texans, I think. Yeah. Yes you've and, really posied oh, up to texas yeah okay i mean well, really in every in every way you've uh, would you like to on this podcast declare
1: texas the greatest state in the union oh there's no question <laughs> i lived there for 3 years i migrated from across that border crossed the river there into into texas from louisiana it was unimpeded and lived there for three years so yeah it's the biggest and best and don't look at this alignment in two thousand, two thousand and twenty-two, 2022 or 23 or 24 doesn't start till 25 so keep that in mind when you're lambasting my picks fair
0: enough by 2025 the sec probably won't have divisions but john and i can hold on to hope just as he's holding on to his vintage on the accord thanks for listening to this edition of SEC Football Unfiltered.